So, like, take off to the great white north. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Take off, you hosers. episode 88 the Andre Vasilevsky con Smythe winner episode number one bullshit you know what it is I'm your host Chris Killingsworth joining me as always is my co-host Thomas Williams Thomas Williams what's going on my guy oh you're gonna go to Carter first no no I don't want to interrupt the natural <laughs> okay. flow of things okay fine they're not uh, supposed to know he's here yet okay sorry um yeah you ruined the bit again twice in a row <laughs> Sorry. You know, I'll just say my piece again. I think of 88, uh, this is a horrible joke, but 88 as Jerome McGinley um, on the Kings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, you love yeah. it. Okay. And there's a lot of average players taking number 88 as well. I will say, I always thought 88 was kind of like an elite number, but we got like Autumn Gaudet wheeling around in 88 in Vancouver, like Nikita Trampkin. You're like, all right, you want to be 88? That's fine, but like, Kevin Ball. Yeah, exactly. You're not William Nylander, so I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, is there any 88s on the Habs? I don't think they they do. A Carter? No, no 88s on the Habs. Okay, there you go. It'd be it'd be a hey, unless, unless you have, yeah. yeah, unless you have someone floating around in the taxi that that's never played a game that wears 88. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I like that. Uh Carter, we're so happy that we were able to get you on the pod. We understand that you're just uh, aimlessly and mindlessly kind of moving around the city of Montreal since the unspeakable happened earlier this week. What's it been like, kind yeah. of like, you know, living off the land? I finally killed a guy for an iPhone charger. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> yeah that, that's why, that's no, why his, uh, his audio is grainy is he's calling from jail yeah he's calling from jail yeah yeah this is a, a <laughs> yeah, very expensive gonna... collect call <laughs> yeah. an, in, an inmate from the penitentiary de montreal <laughs> <laughs> i love uh, it do you wish to keep do you wish to keep speaking with this inmate charges will apply mm-hmm He's um, like in the middle but, of the court, uh, no. courtyard yelling about fucking hockey. <laughs> a bunch of prisoners. And then they're like, like oh. about? they're like, <laughs> they're like, he had he a like podcast. <laughs> yeah. You had a podcast named Hosers All Along. <laughs> Is that your French accent? <laughs> yeah. I can't really do French. There are words that I can do with the accent, but. It sounded like Serbian or something. <laughs> No, no, no. That's, <laughs> that's what it was. I think the uh, French Canadian accent's the coolest it's, one, for the record. It's the worst. <laughs> I love it. Also, there's also this um, this accent that a lot of people have in Northern Ontario, um, called like a Pepsi accent. And I think I've told you this before, Chris. Um, or I might have told the podcast, but they have a full French accent because, like. Everyone around them is French, like yeah, uh, it's all French. Like, yeah. like, um, well, it's like they uh, don't know a word of French themselves. So they like, like Claude Giroux. They, yeah, and hers. Yeah, French all the way. He doesn't know a word of French. No, uh, he like, speaks French, French, but he's French. French. Like, yeah, no, uh, no, but the like the northern Ontario, like everyone around you is French, but you never learned learned a lick of French. But your accent is like like you're French English. <laughs> and so like you have these people talking like, oh, I went to school today, uh, got home, had grilled cheese, uh, had some cheese on my soup. And they and then you're like, oh, c'est bon. <laughs> and like you said, like you go to speak to them in French and they look at you like you have three heads because they don't know a word of French. It's called the Pepsi accent. I love Very it. It's in Northern Ontario. 
Let me be clear. We are a podcast about inclusivity and Carter is French. So these jokes can fly. I just, <laughs> yeah. Let me be clear. Lupin. Let me be clear. <laughs> I don't want there to be any, any trouble that way, but yeah, like, um, uh, but it was, it was great though. It was like, it was awesome to see how electric the bell center was like, even like through losing and like, see, like there really was like, like, even though we were up against like a, a monster of a team, like, it was fun or like cool to see like Montreal rally behind like the Cinderella story team. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, how are you, how are you feeling about, I mean, you seem to be pretty, pretty level-headed, I would say about how everything went and like what the expectations look like and, you know, to yeah, use the, but- the Cinderella kind of, theme there like maybe they were going to turn into a pumpkin all along uh but i don't believe this narrative yeah, or, that the north wasn't good and then well, you know that they were going to be bad right yeah like the like the pumpkin like turning back into a pumpkin was like between like midnight was the rest between vegas and tampa bay you know yeah and then they went back into a pumpkin for tampa bay like it was um like obviously like as a like a lifelong fan you want them to win like and your your fandom gets away in your rationality but you guys know how i am as like a hockey appreciator like i'm a, a, a very big realist and I, I didn't go in putting all my chips in the canadian basket like there's a reason that tampa is a, a two-peat yeah. and um like they the tampa tampa knew exactly what to do to montreal and how to how to how to fix their how to fix montreal system <laughs> Um, in a way that like they crushed them you know what I mean like all they yeah. really needed to know how to do was keep the puck out of their net and yeah your cons might and that like massive d-line that was keeping the puck out of the net and then you had these like amazing producers that at at times did their job perfectly you know what I mean so it was like it's it obviously sucks that your team didn't win but like I'm, I'm not a I'm not so much of a lifer that I can't, I can't that the better team won you know what i mean yeah the only the only thing that i don't like about it is now all of the least fans have resurfaced now that it's yeah and so that's the only thing that i don't like sorry about it so like oh yeah yeah. (laughs) we told you you love uh, that like got a got a few dms a few uh i don't know who this one guy is hammer something that listens to the episodes he he likes to troll me on twitter i had no idea he left in the hoser so i was like oh okay you know what I'm gonna stop giving you shit. Thanks for listening. So I have to talk about my ass. Oh my god! I, I love the aggression, but yeah, like he, a guy who probably knows that, like we just like absolutely love to chirp, and this guy's like getting under your skin, and then it's like, oh no, he listens to hosers. It's understandable that kind of uh, that kind of vibe. I get it. I get it. Yeah, like I, but, he probably knows to push my buttons. <laughs> Well, and like Leafs fans are generally insufferable, especially now when it's like Leafs fans are like, you know, up in arms yesterday, like the Leafs are going to get Bertuzzi and they're going to get Hall. And it's like this, this left wing problem, it solved itself basically overnight, just tremendous. (laughs) Uh, And they're somehow going to get Hyman on a a, a 2 million uh, AAV eight year contract. Right. So like really, you know, and now we got Dermot locked up. So everyone's just like immediately like buy Kerfit, buy Hall, like see you later. Expansion draft craziness. <laughs> yeah, I know. And they just got like increasingly like quieter as like the shit storms for the Leafs grew as yeah. the like the the run for the Canadians extended. But now that everything percent. has solved itself overnight, like it like the the Leafs like shortcomings like this playoff run have like solved themselves like somewhat overnight and the the Stanley cup is over. Like all that kind of happened. Like there is like the synergy, how that all happens at once. And they're back full force doubting yeah. their team before they even hit the ice this season and truly fashion. Well, you know, the good news is, is that Leafs are like, you know, at Leafs fan 69, 420. Um, he's already in Carter's <laughs> mentions being like, I would never spend $10 million on a goaltender. Our goaltending tandem will be three and a half million next season. Like, give me a fucking break. I just, yeah, I can't deal with the Homerism, man. I mean, I could, 
I like, listen, there were a good chunk of Habs fans that were like absolutely insufferable, but I would say as oh, a yeah, general absolutely. rule, like, Leafs fans are the worst. So, you know, you just kind of do what you got to do. That's why I like to stick to my, like, I appreciate the game for what it is. Like you can never like, I'm in the camp, like you can never enjoy hockey unless you're a realist about the game. Like yeah, you're never, agreed. your team's never going to be the best team. Your team's never going to always be the best team. And so it's like, you just got to be realistic about all that and then just enjoy the game for what it is. Right. Like, yeah. Like so this just popped in my head, but how long do you think like a team could actually be good? Like under the cap and shit. Three years. Cause like, I, cause like, like you, well, I was, yeah. Thinking, like like you, you thought with, I was like the leagues, like Chicago mm-hmm. and, well, yeah, Pittsburgh, Chicago, and then like Colorado's being up there. Tampa has been for a yeah. walk, like a little bit, probably th- like four or five years now. LA, like from a few years ago. LA, but yeah, their window was so short. Like Chicago yeah. had to sell off everyone yeah. after their first cup. Yeah. And then they won it three years later. Yeah. But like, it's. Well, even. I don't know. It's even Colorado, like uh, Cooper and I were talking on the way back from uh, the loss because we were trying to talk about anything but the Canadians. <laughs> when we were talking about Colorado and um Coop was saying that like I forget who was saying it but they're like they're gonna and you probably know more about this than I do Thomas and Chris but their Colorado is like going all in next year and if not they're like clearing house like well, this they, is kind of their like do or die year like if they can solve goaltending and maybe add a piece to the blue line and yeah. then and then uh like going for it this year and then if they don't then uh they're clearing house like mckinnon's gone like to go play elsewhere and everything like because like mckinnon really just likes his group right well i know so they i actually looked like not too long ago and was surprised about how many ufas colorado has like they like lane this grubauer brandon sod like all the new contracts and not unrestricted and then like kale mccart is an rfa um I don't have internet right now, so I can't see. But I'm pulling it. Think, I'm pulling it up. Okay, but I, I think yeah, it's we, like we're reading the expansion, like Kale, the expansion. Tra- yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Like, no, I was just going to no, say like Kale. Yeah, I don't know how much the expansion tracker, and they were. Yeah, like we were reading the expansion tracker, and they had the largest list of UFAs and RFAs. Um, mm-hmm. Like they they pro- they protected some of their UFAs and RFAs because that's how big the list was which is like a weird move to protect. Yeah, so like they've got contract for They've got uh Gabe Landeskog, one-time friend of Chris Killingsworth, Brandon oh, yeah. Saad, <laughs> Liam O'Brien, Pierre-Edouard Belmar, oh, yeah. Tyson Jost, Kiefer Sherwood. Is Jost a UFA or RFA? I'm uh Jost and uh Sherwood are both RFAs. Yeah. Cal McCarr, Kale McCarr rather, uh RFA. And then they don't have any goalies except for yeah. Like in the minors Miska, by the looks or whatever, of it. Hunt, Hunter Miska. That they got Hunter Mishka, yeah. yeah. Jonas Johansson, who just re-signed, Trent Miner, who is just coming from the WHL. Uh, and Justice and Noonan is actually gonna be a legit yeah, goalie. Yeah. I don't know right away probably not probably needs a little bit more time but like yeah and that's the thing right like you've also got on your ir pavel francis who has played decently yeah. i would say yeah. and then you've got uh matt, matt calvert who's ufa i don't think he's going to get re-signed he's on their ir and then you've got eric johnson who's been on the ir a lot yeah, yeah. he's his career. I honestly just think they need to. They just need to solve the pipes, and they're going to be wild. Like, well, their their like prospect pool is it's like. Just, just put it, is go ahead, buddy. Sir, I was just going to say, like, no, the prospect pool is gross. So they'll figure yeah. it out. Like, yeah. New Hope will replace like oh, Assad sure. or Landeskog as a top forward. Like, I feel like, like I know those are wingers, and New Hope's the center, but it's like he could replace their production down the lineup. Like. You're not gonna. They're not gonna re-sign yeah. both Sod and Landeskog. I'm pretty. I'm. I'm thinking yeah. Landeskog to the Flyers, but whatever. It's fine. No, I think Sod's gonna go. Uh, they were talking about on Mike. Drop it, fine. Thirty-one thoughts. They were talking about how Sod what might be the right fit in LA, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, so that, I mean, I'm that, going for it with the Arvidsson trade and stuff. But that's the thing is like 
so kind of to the first point that was made, they've got all these guys on their ELCs that are making no money that they can kind of bring in those kind of like, I don't know, my opinion, yeah. Brandon saw it is like, I think he's kind of a complimentary piece now. Like, I think he's a third line guy personally. Um, oh yeah, you don't you don't build around him. He's like a middle know. six winger kind of. Yeah, guy. like and he's it's, like it's a very not that he's, solid. Yeah, it's not that he's not effective. It's just his best days are behind him a little bit. But like, if you look at Chicago, hilarious that we mentioned Saad here is like they were able to move on from Bufflin and Versteeg and that so quickly after their first win because they already had guys either ready to go or they were just going to basically do what the Leafs have done the last couple of years where they're signing these like one year 750k to 900k uh contracts so that they can kind of round out their yeah. bottom six and even then like they could afford to lose Bufflin then because they had Duncan Keith and Yarmolson playing like whatever it was 25 yeah. minutes a night right so yeah Colorado's an interesting Honestly, one because they got yeah. Kadri uh, on his way out too next year. So from a center perspective, yeah. how many years does McKinnon have left? McKinnon uh, is at UFA 23, 24. So he's got two more oh. years before he's a UFA and he's going to get paid. There's three more. Oh yeah. Two more. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. 21, 22. Yeah. What is it? Hard, eh? Yeah. So he's like, it's, it's tricky because you have to, it's, so I'm not comparing the two teams because the Flyers have been, shit or like over over performed last year but like they have Giroux and Couturier expiring at the same year like after this season like this is the they're both UFAs next summer so they every move that they make is basically like in preparation to sign those two guys like it's like you have to worry about the future even if like you want to do these win now moves because those two guys are like they're eventually going to get older. Like Giroux probably has only like two, like he was so good this year, but like two or three years left of production. And then Couturier has a good like five or six. Like it's, it's tricky because you have to balance it. But then also like, are you going to depend on all like young guys? Like is Cam York going to suddenly be your top dude, like on the blue line? Like it's, yeah. it's tricky. Cause it's, it's the like puzzle pieces of the cap. That's kind of annoying too. Like I get that it's a game, and it's kind of fun for like us just armchair GMing rosterbation kind of shit. Like um, just like trying to fit where people can go and seeing what numbers they can fit under and, Oh, you do this. So you can do this and this team can do this, but it's kind of like, it takes the fun out of like, like you just said, like Colorado could only be a good team for like maybe two or three years. And then like, they'll just blow it up because the cap's too much. Where like, right. if it was a lot, if it was like, the NBA style with a soft cap where you could re-sign guys that are already on your team to above the salary cap then and go into the luxury tax then like it'll be I don't know like it'll be it'll you can see Colorado do that because they've saved so much because those guys have been so cheap for a while yeah. like it's just kind of annoying and extend windows and extend narratives and like I get that it's fun to like be really into a team and then it's kind of beneficial for smaller teams if they're that team for like two or three years. Um, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence with parody and super teams and stuff, but it's kind of annoying. If you look though at Philly though, they're interesting because I mean, they've got a lot of RFAs next year. This year is not so bad. It's uh, Carson Warinsky and then Nolan Patrick, who's probably going to go to and they have heart heart and Carter Hart and Travis Sanheim. Yeah. Um, so well, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens there because if they moved on from Giroux or Voracek and still had like, for example, if Van Riemsdyk gets selected in the expansion draft, they're going to only have like two players over five. Well, connecting, I guess, let's say three players over $5 million, right? We're talking about like, less than 10% of their cap. So, well, 10% per player, I guess. So even that, regardless, you know what I'm trying to say? So I, I don't know. It'll be interesting. And with all these like trade rumors and stuff going around, do you think they have any chance of landing Jones Thomas? Like what's, what's like the, the word on the street, the, the broad street, if you will. So Friedman put out a third, his last 
31 thoughts blog, like literally at 2 a.m. last night for this morning. Yeah, I read it. Yeah. Yeah. So he mentioned that Jones to Philly was kind of done, even though they're the most like hyped up team to get him. Yeah. Um, but they want a like a long-term commitment. They just don't want to pay him for one year because obviously Philly, they don't project to be like really in it next year. Um, right. Like I think they'll make the playoffs next year, honestly. But um, yeah, it's it's hard to like pay what Columbus wants. Yeah. So unless they get that, I can't see him going there. Um, I feel like they might opt for kind of the second tier kind of guy. Like I, I know Freeman hypothesized a Matt Dumba trade to Philly for like, just like very small. Like, I wonder if they're interested in Matt Dumba, not reporting anything that they have talked to Bill Guerin in, in Minnesota, but that seems kind of the guy that they're going for. It's not like the Jones Hamilton it's like yeah. kind of the safer Dumba has three years left, six mil per like kind of expensive, but still like that next year down where you don't have to worry about it. And also it's only three years where you don't have to commit seven years to a Jones or seven years to a Dougie Hamilton. And then it's very like just in and out kind of thing. So it'll be interesting if they do that. I can't like, I do feel like they're just going to, they're going to make a trade. For a blue liner, I can't see them re like signing any free agent defenseman. Maybe it'll be like an Adam Larson, and then like trade for another similar type player. Yeah, like kind of get two defensemen that are kind of like just stable. Like if they traded for Dumba and, and signed Larson, and that was equivalent of like I don't know ten million cap space, then that's honestly a really big improvement, and I could see them doing that. It all just depends on what Garen wants for Dumba because I know he shopped him last summer and that was I think like he maybe just wanted him a bit more but no team really wanted him because he didn't really have a good year but he had a really good year this uh, this year um yeah. so he'll probably want more so it just depends if they're willing to get it but it's also the expansion draft thing because Jonas Burdine, Jared Spurgeon and uh Ryan Suter all have no move clauses. So they're already like the three defensemen that are going to be protected. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of tricky seeing if like basically comes down to like not to spend too much time on the wild because I probably already do, but like it'll basically come down to either they could ask Suter to waive it so they can protect Dumba and that's it easy. They trade Dumba to a team like Philly or somewhere for cheaper than they want, but also they get that cast space back and they don't lose him to Seattle for nothing. And Seattle picks up Carson Susie or something or uh Kappa yeah. Kacken or something. But, and then, or he, they just accept that Dumb is going to Seattle and view that as like their player and just like the cat face. But it's, yeah. it'll be an interesting summer for like a lot of teams. So you could probably go through a list of just be like, yeah, this team's doing this, this team's on Eichel, this team's whatever. So yeah. it, I don't know. It's hyped up yeah. to be a really fucking good summer. It's definitely interesting too, because like, if you look at the cap space that Voracek has, like just to kind of go back to Philly for a second, he's got what? 8.25 million yeah. per year. Do you think Flyers fans would rather Van Riemsdyk get selected in the expansion draft or see uh, Voracek get uh, selected? Because to me, it feels like Voracek's just like kind of done there. And they talked about it so much in 31 Thoughts. It's kind of nice that it came out so late last night because it gives us something to kind of chew on a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I got home from the drive-in last night at like 3 a.m. And I was like, oh, Elliot posted this at midnight. Okay, let's let's go. Um, but yeah, like, do you think that might have something to do with it? And you also have to factor in that uh, Dave Haxtall was uh, the coach there and knows both of those players, um, you know, to potentially select them in Seattle. What do you think, man? Yeah, like I, I think... Flyers fans would rather see Voracek go just because he's kind of lost his like shine there. Um, he's still a very good player. Like I think he scored 43 points in 53 games. Like he still will help Seattle no matter what, but also James Verdunizek will do too. And it fucked yeah. me up. So I wrote a little quick thing on, on Broad Street, like about the Freeman thing this morning. And it fucked me up that Voracek is younger than James Verdunizek. Like that, yeah, by like kinda, a year, right? Yeah, like it a year or two. Up. Like, I don't, I didn't understand it, but uh, 
Yeah. So I think, I don't know. I think they'll be happy with either. Like it'll, James Harden like leaving will be disappointing, but it's also like a bunch of cast space because he's at seven for the next two years and Voracek's 8.25 for three years. Yeah. And Friedman touched on it that if Voracek isn't selected by Seattle and they take JBR or maybe even they take Gosses Bear, um, who's at four or five for the next two years, then no matter what, uh, Chuck Fletcher will be shopping Voracek around the league. Like they'll be trying to look for someone because yeah. he's going to be unprotected. So yeah. they don't have to worry about a protection list, but they're going to be going around the league just like seeing whoever wants this guy for like, dirt cheap that can play in your top six and will cost will like cost you a little bit like over what you want to pay for a player in terms of cap space like him but still like he is earning less salary than his cap space so it could be a team like Ottawa or Arizona um that kind of just likes that as a deal um and Ottawa is, is going for some top six guys um so it's it'll be interesting yeah. what they see but um, as kind of the next Voicek's step. Also, so, in, he, Voicek's also like imploding in Philly. You've seen him on the decline these past few years, like as they start to like hit the midpoint of the season and have a bit of like a tumultuous time, like within themselves, like within like within like league, like season fatigue and um, like as playoffs encroach, you you see Voracek like shut down. Like his, if you look at his points and like his contributions it's all it's all front end heavier like he comes out of the gate hot and right. then like he's just be- becoming increasingly more frustrated and i think that's within the philly system not so much like like within like himself you know what i mean like i think he's just i think he's morning i think he's just outlived his his shelf life at philly like yeah. i don't know that's just what i've noticed yeah. with Vortech as as jvr has been more of a consistent piece and yeah. people love him there. Like it, it seems like JVR, mm-hmm. like since leaving, um, like he, yeah, he got he got his second wind in Philly, right? And if you can get like a a better contributor, more consistent contributor, at a lower salary hit, then like I feel like he's the one that people would want to see still in Philly well, next season. I think also like a lot of it. What affected players in Philly was the like short off season, like. Their core guys, yeah. like Giroux still had a great year, uh, maybe because he's just like a freak, but like Boracek yeah. and being older and JVR was all right, but like, and he was consistent. I think he was more consistent with Boracek um, than Boracek, but yeah. it's a lot of the older guys that you saw, like even Justin Braun on the back end, he had a really good season last season, but this season it was terrible. Um, so yeah. I think the longer summer will help. But it's also like, yeah, I think yeah. they're going to move on from someone and there's going to be a lot of cast space opened up in Philly. Well, That's I wonder... an interesting thing, though, about the, the, the short off season um, mm-hmm. and how much that affected it. Because I was talking with one of my buddies about that, how, like, the NHL has, like, very rarely seen that truncated off season and, like, mm-hmm. what kind of effect that had on players. And um, even, like, it's only by, like, three weeks, but they're still going to lose three weeks of their summer this year thinking back up at the regular season, like what that's going to mean for teams next year. Like, what do you guys think about the, like the truncated rest and what that did to people? Cause yeah. I, like we kind of just brushed on it, but I think that's like a huge thing for like everybody yeah. in the NHL this year. Yeah. Well, like I, I, sorry. Go ahead, Thomas. No, go ahead. No, man. no, 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 no. I talked. Oh. No, no, you don't talk enough. Boo. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. To answer your question, Carter, I think like, um as a fan i'm like psyched because it just means that it's like kind of pushing these teams to actually be active during this kind of uh smaller off season um if i were an athlete which i am as you guys know like i am like (laughs) i am an athlete um like my ball hockey has only improved like i could 1v1 jeff fayette any day and smoke his ass let me just be clear on that um but yeah like for me, it's it's interesting because I think, you know, you look at the way that you look at the way that the the playoffs just like absolutely beat the absolute shit out of these guys, right? Like you hear about all these oh, yeah. injuries. Brent, you he- Brendan Gallagher is like on an iron lung right now. Yeah, like you you hear about what that looks like. 
Um, you hear about Kaloran's uh, broken tibia, yeah. fibula, I guess it was. Um, you yeah. know, and how he has like a rod through it. And he was like, no, 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 I'm going to be able to skate. I don't know. It's all good. Uh, yeah, pretty sure me, that's not how... in, coach. <laughs> yeah. The bo- human body doesn't work like, like three, that, three, from my understanding. <laughs> three days after getting a rod in his tibia, like, get me in there. Yeah, but but see, so, so I guess like, you know, the reality is when you look at this is that, it, in my opinion, I think guys are going to come back earlier than they should, whether that's to training or whether it's just not giving their body the time to recover. And we're going to see, yeah. like, I, I'm not saying Kalorn in particular, but like, it wouldn't be surprising if a lot of these guys start on the IR. And I mean, that yeah. IR narrative oh, in Tampa, the jokes write themselves, but it, it would be, <laughs> it would be interesting. Right. Because like, <clears throat> so like, even if we look at Jeff Petrie's injury, right. He had his finger reset, like his pinky finger that was broken. That's yeah. a, that's a, an injury. I've never broken my pinky, but it's probably what, like six to eight weeks, two months, something like that until you're probably healed. Right. <laughs> But if yeah. they're losing that three weeks, like three weeks is pretty significant currency uh, for somebody that needs to, you know, heal their body up. Right. So it's, it's challenging oh, in that sense. Um, but at the same time, you know, you, you just wonder, you know, we're going to, we're going to have guys get injured out of the gate. I think who have maybe yeah. overtrained in anticipation that they didn't have enough time to train or people that are still hurt yeah. and they're not giving their body the time to recover. What do you guys think? Well, yeah, but that's the game, right? Like, as, and I hate to say it cause like you shouldn't like glorify playing injured. And I believe we spoke about this, about Wayne Simmons, how like people used to glorify him. Like he would, he would lose his leg in a, in a freak corner accident and then come back the next day with one leg <laughs> Like people glorify like how Wayne Simmons could play with like through anything in Philly, yeah. Um, but these guys, like these athletes, like one, they're getting paid, and so mentally you're thinking like, okay, you know what? If I'm not producing, and I take this time out, and I let my like, because like I think the they want to rush back, not only to contribute to their team and to play and everything like that, but the fear of losing like the mental speed of the game is like a very real thing at that level you know what i mean and so like if you're sitting around for six weeks and you're not like keeping up with the pace of like your reaction time and um and the speed at which things travel on that that stage like you're gonna get stale pretty quick right like guys like kucherov are like freaks that cannot play all season and come back and dominate in the playoffs where the, the stage is even harder to play on right but it's that's the game like you you get hurt and you just want to get back there so bad because you, you love the game. You have a team that you're committed to and you're committed to like performing with and for, yeah. and then, so I'm walking up a big hill right now. I'm, I'm getting really out of breath. <laughs> Speaking of athletes, um, yeah, this guy's yeah. got a six pack. Don't know if yeah. you guys knew that. So you guys know. It's yoked. Um, but it's, it's like people are saying don't glorify like playing hurt and everything like that. But, I feel like there needs to be a line. Like people need to understand like what it means to be a professional athlete. Like, yes, you shouldn't play hurt. And like, even a pinky finger to Petrie, like that seems like a small injury, like a pinky finger, but a pinky finger, like that's your rudder for all the stick handling, shooting, anything that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. one of arguably one of your most important assets is that like little controlling piece on your hands. Right. It's like your balance muscle on your hands. So it's, it's like a tough injury, but to stay three weeks out for like that little thing, like if he can get back in there and help his team with the playoffs and like not lose his edge to come back like too late into the playoff run, or if at all, like a, they're going to do whatever it takes. And like, it's, I don't know. I don't, I'm kind of halfway through the camp. I hate to see these guys because I have like residual injuries from not listening to like ATs and PTs and doctors from trying to get back too quick. And like, it's, like I feel it when I walk up and down stairs and like, I feel it definitely with the concussions. Like I have to like play mental games just to keep myself sharp. But like, and these guys, and that's just like my small, like washed up career sample size. These guys are like, like trying to play with rods in their legs three days later and things like that, you know, and, but they just want to get back out there. Like it's harder. I think, I think you I think should put some, res- 
You should put some respect on the name of the one time drafted by the Sudbury Wolves, Carter Lupel. I don't know if you know him. Um, no, I, I agree with what you're saying, though. Like, I think all of that's fine and dandy, right? And I think that, you know, when we look at players' health, um, obviously, you know, we, we, we come out of the, the playoffs and, like, all of these injuries are being announced. And you're just like, why are people doing this to themselves, right? But, um, you know, yeah. I also think that it gives players the opportunity to, you know, like, for example, when Kalorn was out, it gave the opportunity for Barkley Goudreau to play more for like Matthew Joseph to yeah, play absolutely. more. So like, I, I don't know, like with some of those injuries that just like take them out of the game period, you almost want those types of injuries. You hear, hear me out here because they're not going to extend yeah. themselves further by damaging whatever it is, ligaments, no. you know, broken ribs, whatever, because they're trying to fight through it. Right. So let me yeah, ask you a question, though. Them to take a rest to hear like auxiliary injuries as well. They wouldn't have had they not had this bed bed riding injury, you know? Oh, a thousand percent. A thousand percent. I, I have a question for you, though. Um, yeah. Do you think like if, if we look at Montreal, obviously they had a lot of injuries. The one injury that uh, wasn't made at least you know, kind of obviously available to the public was uh, the ego of Montreal Canadiens fans after Nikita Kucherov just absolutely decimated them. Thomas, I'm going to get you to drop the clip in right here. Wait, what clip? The clip of him just the press conference. Oh, the press. Okay. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Carter, what are your thoughts around what Kucherov had to say? Because you know, we had to talk about it. I hope I'm not like, you know, digging up any, like, bad vibes for you, because I know you're <laughs> at the cottage gassing a thousand beers, but um, where, where are you at with that? How are you feeling? Uh, well, you guys know where I stand, and I don't want to, like, I don't want to sound like a lifer or a homer, like, being pissed at how he came out of the gate, but, like, I thought it was pretty disrespectful. Like, it was, like, I've never had to face the press before, but I've had to face, like, scouts and coaches and parents and things like that and like after a big win or a tough loss like anything anyone will ever tell you is to compose yourself because you don't want to look back on anything and wish you could have done anything differently and that's not even just like in after game that's like like leave it all out in the ice mentality right um but no I, i thought he like to to say that like like the the islanders were there their final rounds and like it was a breeze playing through the Habs like that's not there's like winning with grace and losing with grace and he did not like he did neither of those things like he said he had a breezy like run with the Habs but he was skunked three out of five games and he was flopping and crying and complaining the whole time and I get he's playing through injuries and there's emotions and everything like that but he definitely did not have the breezy round that he was boasting about and then making fun of his like the Habs fans for just being excited for being there and like obviously they're going to be excited to win one game to keep their season alive like anybody would be excited to win one game to keep their season alive and then and then to like to bash Flurry for winning like winning the, the Vesna and pretending he doesn't even know Flurry's name <laughs> like that yeah that was I don't know that I, I was pretty insane <laughs> Like, you know, anybody, like people who don't even know hockey know who Fleury is. Like, you know, the gold pads, you know, the French guy, you know, that big, pretty smile. Like, it's, like, it's, you know, who Fleury is. And so I think he just came out, like, and, like, I hate to sound like a a dickhead and uh, maybe a lot of people would would agree, but he didn't do anything throughout the season to get that Tampa team to where they were this year. Like, he he had a, a year off to rest, and rightfully so, but... He he came out with that interview like, like I guess he's he won the cup so he's at the top of the mountain you know what I mean, but I thought it was and like I said I'm I'm the reasonable fan like I like I I love watching good hockey regardless of the outcome, and watching a one nothing game is a pretty sweet way to watch somebody win the cup because you know it was hard fought you know, and and yeah I just thought he was he was a little. Little disrespectful coming out on a, on those Bud Lights, no shirt, the nose beers, knocking the fans, and yeah, knocking uh, like knocking the Habs, and like. Let me be clear and, though. 
like I act like that after a couple of Bud Lights too, as you guys would remember from the wedding and other times oh, yeah. as soon, party together. As soon as, you get, as soon as you get some diesel premiums in you, you like anybody, like Bud, Bud Light is the shirt off, let's go beer. Yeah, and the crazy part is, is and like Kucherov's in good shape, obviously like much better shape than me, but like the courage that beer makes you have that you're like, oh, I'll just take my shirt off <laughs> is such a good feeling. For- I will I will say that yeah um oh yeah no no no. it's good i wanted to get your honest opinion you couldn't see this but while you were talking thomas was taking me through a journey of his house on his iphone uh and i saw <laughs> sweet baby fern looking cute as ever but very over your shit thomas just let her sleep uh and then he was pointing <laughs> at somebody outside thomas can you give me a little bit of clarity on what the fuck you're doing please that was the neighbor of the story. The wizard? The, said he, the wizard. Oh. <laughs> yes, the wizard. A level nine wizard. Oh my God, I had to show you. Yeah. You've seen that, the Tom Green skit where he's like, I'm a wizard. Do you know that one? No. no. Of course you don't. Of course you don't. So, You're brutal. Not to uh, distract from Montreal losing because I never want to do that. Um, but... I had a fun adventure this morning. Um, this is a side story. Before uh, you before you get into okay. that, just because I think it's I just I wanted to just like round out the Kucherov thoughts. Is uh, that yeah. okay? Because yeah. I want to hear what your it's, take is, and then I'm gonna give my take, oh. and then let's get into the crazy story. It's not even a crazy story. I just feel good about it. What I did. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Okay, tell me what your thoughts are on the Kucherov thing, Thomas. We've heard Carter. Let's hear from you. Okay. Um, I don't think it's that too big of a deal. Like, I... It's kind of... It's tricky, because... So, on one hand, everyone's like, yeah, like, this is... Like, you always want to um, have more personality in the game and all this stuff. And then it's like, okay, but that's on one hand... That's like great, whatever. But like also personality isn't like shitting on players. Like, I don't know. Like yeah. and just shitting on fans. No, like, I, get, sure. I I get that like it's entertaining, like it's whatever. And I feel like this wouldn't be a massive discussion if it happened in the NFL or NBA because it happens all the time. Play like yeah, Paul Pierce to the Raptors, like who's Toronto, whatever, blah blah blah, like all this smack talk for a whole series and i'm like just like all this stuff that gets under the skin of fans and they know it and then it's just like whatever and then you kind of forget about it after the series happens and after that happens um so but then also like yeah it's it's tricky because it's like it's that on one hand we're like whatever if it was any other sport where like players normally do this it wouldn't be a problem but then like it's this weird like it wasn't a personality decision to like, again, like just like shit on fans and shit. But like, yeah, I don't know. He, I, I people, swear people like, normally like shit, shit, shit talking boo, like while stuff going on. That was my only like, like, yeah, I'm all for that. You know what I mean? But normally as soon as it's done, win or lose, they're like hats off, tough opponent, like happy to be here, you know? Yeah. yeah. He was also fucking like wasted. So like, yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's fine. I'm not going to take it too much to heart about what he said or anything. So, yeah, yeah, I feel like the the filter that I've had to that I've tried to have through this, boys, is like there's all of this conversation right now around like growing the game. Is things are you know are are, are things good for the game? And we got this like TikTok star from Toronto with the worst haircut I've ever seen in my life, bar none. He's the guy (laughs) that's going to grow the game. And listen, I'm already a fan. I'm already watching every game in market out of market you know if i get that notification on on my nhl app that says blackout i'm gonna go watch the game somewhere else like i'm that kind of fan right and i recognize yeah. that there are you know a, a, a huge demographic of fans that are not fans yet and people like you know the the haircut guy we're gonna call him that because i don't know what his name is uh, <laughs> he's gonna yeah. bring fans in. josh richards that's right brad richards yeah. the guy son, that as you guys know. The in the in the worst that guy that said fuck the Habs in the worst Tampa jersey that they've ever released. Could it be oh, bro, Carter? Do you feel that way, Carter? Because you can't dance? Is that where some of that yeah. aggression comes from? 
Maybe, yeah. Actually, no, you've <laughs> let, seen that video of me in heels, dude. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was just going to say, let's, me, let's, put, let's put Josh Richards in heels. Yeah. And to Mambo number five <laughs> and see if he can keep up. It's crazy because <laughs> Carter dances in heels probably better than he does in flats. Let me just get that off my chest real quick. He's incredible. <laughs> he said, I, I love how there's like, yeah, he's either wearing heels or flats. Like, the, like that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Carter, well, well-known well woman shoe wearer. Yeah. Um, and Carter, I will say, like, you guys know I'm, like, very big into, like, RuPaul's Drag Race and stuff. Carter would probably the, be the best-looking queen out of the three of us. I want to get that off yeah, my I'll, chest, I'll too. Stop it. Stop because it. that's, that's part it. of it. You can look good, but if you can't walk in heels, you're probably not going to win any maxi challenges. And I know that Carter can do all of that. So, anyhow... Guys, here's here's he's already, done the here. he's already done the lip sync. He has, it's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, here's what I wrote down, and I, and I want to hear what you guys have to say after I okay. quickly share where I'm at with it. Yeah. Was Kucherov's press conference good for growing the game? My thought on that is that it is. I I get where you're coming from, Carter, and and I agree with you. Like, how many times have you and I had to like? you know, talk to players after a tough loss and be like, Hey, don't be stupid. You can be frustrated, but you know, you can let that out when we get to the room. You know what I mean? I get the games emotional, mm -hmm. both good and bad. I get that completely. I think that there's also, um, you know, like him pretending to not know who, uh, who flower was, was pretty hilarious. Like that's outrageous that he did that. I get that he was gooned. I get that, you know, he was obviously fired up about having won the cup two years in a row. I know he was upset about Vasilevsky not getting MVP the first year or winning the Vesna. I completely agree with both of those sentiments as well. Um, obviously, yeah. this makes for a good story, though. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that that's not one of the first things that's shown on ESPN, NBC, not for much longer, Sportsnet, TSN, all of that shit. RDS, you know, that was on RDS. So it's, it's just like, these are types of things that I wonder, like, you know, does a fan see a press conference when they're looking to see, you know, who won the Phoenix Suns and, and uh, Milwaukee Bucks game and they end up seeing this, right? I think it is good for the yeah. game. Um, you know, as you guys are probably yeah. aware, classless as a word was trending on Twitter after it oh happened. So I know a lot of people yeah. are upset about it, but at the same time, um, I, in my opinion, I feel like you might grow the game more organically through that type of stuff that we've seen be successful in other sports than yeah. uh, Josh Richards, you know, doing the renegade dance and, you know, like <laughs> having a Bulls jersey on. Well, you know what sure. I'm saying? Like, like you need to add, per like you need to add personality to the faces and show the faces. Cause like, in the NFL, like why it's like, why they're like put such a prominence on like personality and like who these guys are and everything like that is because they're faceless gladiators. Like while they're out there, like that's the term they use for those or the term that they've used for NFL players for years and hockey to an extent, they're also faceless gladiators. Like they, they have the visor and then they have the beards and then they have the equipment and like to like a recreational watcher, like, I'm sure they would watch Tampa and like they might be able to pick a few stars out of the crowd, but for the most part, you don't know who's who. Right. Yeah. And it's, I think I, I completely agree. Like people coming out with personality and having hot takes and being a shithead, like, like people still, people know who Sean Avery is like, and they could yeah. not care less about hockey. You know what I mean? Or like people back in the nineties knew who Scott Stevens and Marty McSorley were even if they didn't know hockey, because those were the guys that had like that kind of like bad boy personality. They were like larger than life and everything like that. Like it's, I completely agree that things like that are good for the game, but it's like, it's, it's all like, not what you say, how you say it. And I think, but I, like, I, I, I get where Kucherov's at. Like he's fired up, you know what I mean? And like, you're like, I said a lot of things that I wish I haven't said when I, when I, have been in heated situations or excited situations so not obviously to the extent of winning the stanley cup but like in like proportionality like i get where he's coming from it's just like as a i may and maybe it's just me as a fan like it, it sucks to like 
hear that from somebody else who just beat you, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I do completely agree that like we need to kind of like get more of a personality to the game because the game is just all sponsorships and team badges, you know? Mm-hmm. And so if we can add a bit more individuality to it and highlight these stars and get people knowing like more than like the more than 10 players, hello, um, then I think that's a great thing for growing the game. You're saying hi to the players? Hello. <laughs> no, it's, that's, I, I'm not sure. Chris gets it because I'm sure he gets it all the time up at his cottage. And I'm, I'm not sure if you guys oh, yeah. get it at your cottage, Thomas, but the cottage wave. Oh, yeah, everybody. Like, there is nothing better than the boat yeah. wave. That's kind of my move. Oh, is yeah. we sit yeah, on the dock absolutely. with a beer and just wave at everything that passes you. It's the move for sure. We, oh, we yeah. get you, it in uh, you wave. Sorry, what? No, you get it in what? Uh, there's just cars passing. Oh, oh. Uh, we get it in Sarnia. I don't have a cottage, but we have yeah. we like a, a like a lake shore house, like path. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's just being cordial. That's all it is. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. I think that that's probably all that's going to come of this. Like Tampa Bay is maybe the bad guy. I think they are the bad guy personally in the NHL yeah, right now. I like them, but they are definitely I, the evil corporation. So you know? during, during the Kane series, I likened them. And I think I talked about it on here. I likened them to the, like the Golden State Warriors, like at the like the, at the top, where it's like yeah. winning them feels and like winning games for them feels inevitable. inevitable. Yeah. So it's just like anything yeah. against them, like it's just like an easy team to root for if you don't actually like live in Tampa. Yeah, um, yeah. But also like so, what I was gonna say, just like I guess we could be a final note, but it's like it's about growing the game and stuff. Like it's a thing to talk about. It's a storyline that like. I'm sure neutral yeah. sports fans might have talked about and stuff. Like it's very just like with the ESPN contract and more of the NHL, I'm sure they covered it too. Like if it's something to talk about and it's something that can be interesting beyond like whatever happens on ice, then sure. Like then it, it's help. Okay, Mikey, it's water time. <laughs> Where'd you go, Thomas? Hello? Oh, really? So no well yeah i don't know i i agree with it but disagree with it from a bit like a fan's feeling standpoint that's yeah. where i'm at thomas just went like, off camera, I, so I think yeah sorry, i agree Tom- with thomas's point like thomas's... hello are you uh, there buddy you still there sir? there we go there we go my my computer restarted and then my AirPods attached to that computer, so I just completely lost everything. That's great. The episode? <laughs> Wait, no, 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 no. I'm oh. saying my like my AirPods oh. disconnected from my phone, so I couldn't hear or talk or anything. Oh, okay. I'll get. I'll get. Sorry. Okay. Go ahead, Carter. Oh, we, were... we lost all that that all star content. <laughs> what were you saying, Carter? No, no I, I just agree with Thomas. Like people who have never watched a hockey game in their life are like, wow, do you see that shirtless guy with Bud Light? Yeah. And like, yeah. and that's, that's great. Like that's, that's getting people like watching the game. And that's, and I know it's like a point of contention, but it, it's like, it's getting more people involved that are liking the NHL as a sport, not so much the NHL as an organization. Right. Or like mm-hmm. as a corporation, you know? Yep. Absolutely. I'm with you, buddy. Well, there it is, guys. Carter, it sounds like people are like jumping into the lake on your end. So I feel like this is probably the time to end it. <laughs> yeah, we're I getting like back it. to the cottage. That was a perfect time. Perfect, uh, perfect loop. There you, there you go. Podcast recording. I love it. It was good having you guys, uh, you know, join me. I'm sorry we started late this morning. As you guys know, I was at the drive until 3 a.m. last night because I'm a glutton for punishment. Um, but I will share that the new Black Widow movie was sick and we got to see Cruella and, uh, Oh, I've seen that. It was good. I liked it a little too long, but still good. Still good. All right, (laughs) boys. We will, uh, sorry. I was just going to say about future episodes. We'll have a, we should do an expansion mock draft. 
Yeah. And then. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah. And I then to also, talk about that today, so maybe we should do a mock draft episode. Yeah, because the mock draft's on the twenty first, so we have time. Like, we'll do one just before, and then yeah, yeah, and then we'll get. Uh, uh, we already lined up the guests for to talk about draft draft prospects, so we'll have that. Should we say who the guest well. is? I feel like we should maybe do that. No. Sure. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> It'll be Tony Ferrari of Dauber Prospects. There you go. Oh, right now. We've always yeah, been so very pro Dauber prospects. I know there's a lot of other organizations out there, but Tony does it the best. Vroom, vroom, baby. We're getting the Ferrari on. It's going to be sick. Oh my God. Please say that <laughs> when he comes on. I will I'll be like, and joining <laughs> us, vroom, vroom. Joining us it... from the Speedway. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. I don't know Tony that well, so I don't want it to be. Or, weird. You know, we'll, we'll play that. We'll play that clip where like crazy frog. <laughs> yes. No, that was it. Was like it was a like I know a the one viral like YouTube. Uh, yeah, and it's like a race car, and it's like pretend not to laugh. <laughs> it's just like yeah. a race car, and that sound behind it. Oh, okay. Thomas, you're great. <laughs> Carter, you're great too. No, I'm happy great. to see you guys next week. Have yeah. a good, uh, have uh, a good weekend, you, fellas. Love you guys. Yeah. You can listen to Hosers on uh, Apple Podcasts, oh. Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play. Thomas, I just remembered we forgot to talk about your story. We have to do that right now. No, it's okay. I just, I felt very uh, homeownerish and did like a fuck ton of lawn care this morning. Like two hours of just oh, like what a pulling, man. pulling weeds and shit. That's and my boy. My, but we don't have any tools. So my neighbor from across the street, his name is Randy. Um, Randy. Came, came, Randy. Over and, came over and like felt sorry for me. So he gave me some tools. So um, That's oh, like wow. when you're, I you're moved out. You had a, you had a cat with a weed pulling <laughs> I love it. When you're, I moved you're out level, on my own. You're level 17 mage. <laughs> 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 He's like, you can pull the weeds with your mind, bro. And then you yeah. can smoke them uh okay i love we need it a, we, we need a final uh euro prediction from you guys uh england obviously huh? what do you think i am stupid yeah it's coming it's coming home thomas oh. we'll come in if for the first time since 1964 <laughs> i'm the pizzaville guy and we're gonna win we're gonna win the euros <laughs> this year mate oh my god i'll be italy, I italy god, if, I, if i hear it's coming home one more time <laughs> Yeah, you should I'm have actually, said that about about uh fucking one Montreal because that'll be it'll be yeah, it's no, coming home. I don't I don't buy it coming home. So I don't stand there. Uh, guys, I got sorry, guys. I got to run. I got to drive uh, through yeah. Woodbridge right now with an England flag <laughs> on my car. Um, I'd love to stay, but I just I have to drive through Richmond Hill with my England uh, with with my England. Yeah, I might just hang out like near Woodbine, kind of like in that area. You know what I mean? Like kind of like a Tobacco with an England flag. We'll just see kind of how that goes. Um, So this will be the last time Chris is on the podcast. Yeah, it was nice knowing you. Yeah, it was nice knowing you. And then I'll just be like, I love Harry Kane, mate. I love Harry Kane. He's so good. He's the best striker in in the Premier, bro. Anyways, I love you guys. (laughs) Oh my God. <laughs> Thomas, I'm so sorry. And I hope your dad doesn't listen because I actually like think football's okay. I don't hate it. I just, you know. Okay. That's okay. I, he doesn't listen. I, I don't want <laughs> drama with the Williams family. I love you guys. No, I'm I'm cheering against England. We, and let I'm me more yeah. If Carter can do the French accent, I can do the English one because I'm British too. Yeah. Not as British as you are. Oh, there you go. I'll just, do uh my Irish accent, but it's okay. That's offensive. Okay. <laughs> love you guys. See you next week. Thomas, right, you're the best. You Carter, you're the best. Love Carter, don't go in uh, unless you've let your food settle for 30 minutes. That's what I've learned. I know. Don't worry. I know. I know, boys. All right. Talk to you guys later. See ya. Bye. Later, Bye.